Praise the Lord. Well, I have a word in my spirit for us tonight. We'll do a bit of a character study on a man in the Bible, Barnabas. Who knows, maybe this message tonight can help somebody here. And hopefully it can help all of us. Barnabas, why don't you become a Barnabas? Why don't you become a Barnabas? That's the question tonight. Let's begin with Acts 4, 36 to 37. The Bible says, And Joses, or most translations have Joseph, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. Can you imagine the apostles of the Lamb? Peter, James, and John, and Philip, and Bartholomew. These men coming to you and saying, we've got to change your name. He was named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement. There's so much encouragement flowing out of you. There's so much edification. You're such a blessing to the people. Your words are such words of life to everybody. We've got to give you a new name. We want to call you Barnabas. He was a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid at the apostles' feet. Barnabas, quite a man in the scripture. He was originally called Joseph. That was his birth name. He came to Jerusalem. He was from Cyprus. He wanted to be a part of the church in Jerusalem, and he was just a young man, and he began to serve the Lord. Well, we learned this morning that the word Joseph means adding, or he will add. God will add. And there's something that got into this young man's spirit, and he said, if I will surrender my life to the Lord, God will add to me. And lo and behold, things began to add up till he came to this place where he said, I've been, I've been so blessed of God, I want to become a blesser. I want to pour out my spirit. I want to pour out words. I want to pour out help and service and encouragement. I want to bless the church. And the apostles said, we've got to give you a name that identifies who you really are in the spirit. We're going to call you the son of encouragement. Your name is encouragement. This word means edification, consolation, comfort, refreshment, edification, blessing. It's the same word used of the Holy Spirit as the paraclete, paraclesis, the Holy Spirit anointed, a Holy Spirit anointed life, and he came to edify. And doesn't the Holy Spirit come to edify us and build us up and lift us up? Why don't you become a Barnabas? Become a blesser, become an edifier, become an encourager. Let it overflow. Say, well, that's not my natural disposition. I've got such and such a name and such a, from such and such a family. Well, you can change. We all, beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord can be changed from glory to glory, even as by the image of the Lord. Say, well, I'm kind of a growly, disgruntled, negative person. Ask God to change you. Say, Holy Spirit, come upon my life and get this caustic tongue out of me and get this reluctance out of me. I'm small with my praise. I want to become lavish with praise, with edification, with blessing, with encouragement. Why don't you become a Barnabas? Let me remind you that the foundation of all ministry is the desire to edify to lift up, to encourage, to bless, 
to promote, to refresh, to strengthen. That is the foundation of all ministry. And it starts with you personally. You have to learn to edify yourself. But you, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We have to learn to edify ourselves, build ourselves up in the Lord. We can't hope to get blessed if we're cursing ourselves. Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And we heard about the promises of God today, that we need to begin to encourage and edify our own selves, that we take the word of God and the promises and we begin to say who we are in Christ, and we begin to take the statements of the word of God and declare them over our life. I'm a Judah of the tribe of praise. I'm an Issachar. I'm a Zebulun. I'm a Naphtali. I'm an Asher. I'm a Benjamin, and we begin to pull those promises of God down in our spirit until they become a part of us, and there's a manifestation of the life of God. We must learn to edify ourselves. The foundation of all ministry, we can't edify if we're not edified. We can't bless if we're not blessed in our own spirit before the Lord. And what about our marriage and our home and family? You know, we really don't qualify to get married until we know how to edify? Do we know how to build up, encourage our spouse, bless them, strengthen them, console them, comfort them? Be an exhorter. Say, well, sometimes I have to speak the truth. The Bible says speak the truth, but in love. So we're encouraging, we're blessing. We're blessing our marriages. We're blessing our homes. The foundation of all ministry is edification. Bless our children. Love our children. Bible says don't exasperate your children. Don't be too hard on them, lest they become fretful and you discourage them, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Blessers at home. Barnabas at home, Barnabas' wife at home, lifting up, encouraging, blessing. And what about the church? 1 Corinthians 14 says, Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church, that you be, be, may become excellent at edifying the church and blessing the people and strengthening them and praying for them and comforting them and cheering them and blessing them. The basic prerequisite for all ministry is the desire to edify and build up and exhort and encourage. Acts 2, 16 to 18. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Prophetic anointing on the whole congregation. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. They will speak by inspiration. They will edify. They will bless. It shall come to pass in the last days. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. It doesn't say your sons and daughters are going to come to church, sit there, 
dull and disinterested, can't wait till it gets over so they can get home and get back on their technology. So says your sons and daughters are going to be under the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say your sons and daughters are going to grow up and become promiscuous and get high on drugs and addicted to alcohol. It says your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They're going to speak the word of the Lord. They're going to be under the inspiration of the promises of God. And what is the nature of prophecy? 1 Corinthians 14, 3. They're going to prophesy. The Bible is clear. He who prophesies speaks edification and urging, exhortation and comfort to men. That's the kind of spirit the Lord says is going to be upon us. Edification, exhortation and comfort. Why don't you become a Barnabas? Paraphrase says, to build up, to stir up, and to cheer up. That's the spirit of prophecy. Take that to your home. I'm going to walk in my house among my family. I'm going to build up. I'm going to stir up. I'm going to cheer up. I'm going to take a Barnabas spirit with me wherever I go. I'm going to live in that prophetic anointing. And so tonight, the Lord gives us opportunity. He's reminding us again that we can change our name. We can change our disposition. There can come a transformation on our life where we become those who edify and build up and lift and strengthen and encourage. Well, Acts chapter 9, the Apostle Paul got saved. This persecutor of the church... And now he was on, he was a young man, Saul, the persecutor, later Paul the Apostle. He was a young man, maybe 30, early 30s. And he had such a hatred and vendetta against the church of Jesus Christ because he saw it as a church that was destroying the fundamentals and the Old Testament foundations of the Mosaic Covenant. He had not had his eyes opened, and the Bible says that he began to persecute the Christians in Jerusalem take them to prison, put some to death like Stephen. But now he was on his way north about 300 kilometers to Damascus. Can you imagine that kind of a journey to go search out some Christians up there to persecute them? And the Bible says he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter. He was hostile. He was venting as he went. And all of a sudden, the light brighter than the noonday sun appeared. And Jesus came to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He fell to his knees. He fell to the ground. He surrendered his life. He did not understand he was persecuting the Lord directly, but his eyes were opened. They led him into Damascus because he had been blinded by that light. And a man of God was sent, Ananias, to see him and he was baptized, Paul was, Saul was baptized in water, and he received the Holy Spirit, and the scales fell off his eyes, and he could see clearly. And he was a born-again life. He preached in the synagogues in Damascus while he was there. Didn't have a great reception, and then we know that from Damascus, he went into the region outside of Damascus to Arabia for about three years. And there he poured over the scriptures and saw the Old Testament scriptures in the light of the gospel of salvation of Jesus Christ to all nations of the world, to the Gentiles. He said, there I received the revelation of the gospel as it is written in the Bible and as is preached in the nations today. Three years, three years under the training of the Holy Spirit, 
and the companionship of Jesus Christ with the book open before him. After those three years, he went back into Damascus and he began to preach this gospel, but there was such a stir against him. The Jews who were traditional and wanted the old ways began to threaten him and they said, we're going to put him to death. And one night, the disciples let him down through the window over the wall of Damascus. And he made his way, he made his escape out of Damascus under threat of his life. He went down to Jerusalem. He came into Jerusalem, and I mean Jerusalem, this was the, this was the place of the outpouring of the Spirit. This is where Jesus had been crucified and raised again. This was where the miracle signs and wonders, there was a great spiritual activity going on in Jerusalem. And Paul now came. He'd been away for three years. But as he came, the, he didn't have a good reception. The believers were mistrusting of him. This Saul the persecutor, we haven't seen him for three years. We heard he got saved and gave his life to Jesus, but we don't trust him. Now, many of those people had their own relatives and family members put in prison, persecuted, and some had been put to death. And even the apostles of the Lamb were a little hesitant to identify with him. But listen what the scripture says in Acts 9, 26 to 30. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him. A cold reception. And did not believe that he was a disciple, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. So Saul was with them at Jerusalem, coming in and going out. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. When the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea to the seacoast and shipped him off out to Tarsus. He wasn't received in Jerusalem under the threat of life. And again, he went out into the region of Tarsus, Cilicia, which was to the north and west on the Mediterranean. And he spent a considerable amount of years there, approximately 10 years. What was taking place in the meantime? Acts 11, 19 to 24. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, so Antioch to the north of Jerusalem in Syria, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. They were preaching to the Gentiles. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, the mother church. And they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. They had to pick someone to go up. Who would they choose? They chose the son of encouragement. They chose the son of consolation. Sent out Barnabas to go to Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. For Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. 
Well, the Jerusalem church heard about the Gentiles being saved. They knew there were going to be some hot debates up in Antioch because the believing Jews, believing in Jesus Christ, many of them still held to the fact that, well, the Gentiles can get saved. We realize that. We didn't think they could, but the Lord has opened the door to them. They can get saved like we are saved by faith, but they still need to come under some of the laws of Moses and some of the Old Testament economy and the Abrahamic covenant of circumcision. And you know there were a lot of hot debates and arguments in that early church over this matter. This Antioch church, Jews and Gentiles, mixing in the same crowd in the same congregation. They said, we need somebody that'll encourage the people up there. We need to send somebody that knows how to bring peace, someone that can edify, someone that can unify. They said, we're going to take Barnabas and send him out. And Barnabas went out. Acts 11.25. Barnabas is up in Antioch. Then these words. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, the Apostle Paul. Didn't know where he was. He's somewhere up there in Tarsus and Cilicia. Went to seek Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. The disciples were called Christians in Antioch. Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. Ten years had gone by. Nobody even thought about Saul the persecutor, the man who got saved. Oh, he's up there in Cilicia and Syria, northern Syria. He's preaching the gospel. He's got some kind of a budding ministry happening. He's, he's doing a work for God, but nobody cared about him. Nobody thought about Saul of Tarsus except Barnabas. He said, I've got to go seek that man out. There was a prompting in his spirit. I've got to draw him. There is a call on that young man's life. He's got a grace of God on him. I'm going to go and search him out. And I'm going to see what God will do in the timing of the Holy Spirit in that man's life to bless him. Barnabas, the encourager. Barnabas, the comforter. Barnabas, the edifier, went out to search for Saul of Tarsus. Verse 27 came and was in Antioch. Then it says, In those days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul took the love offering, the gift back down to Jerusalem to strengthen the church. You can see Barnabas. He introduced Paul to the disciples, the apostles, when he came out of Damascus. Barnabas searching out Saul in Tarsus. Now Saul traveling with Barnabas on this relief effort, on this relief journey, famine relief visit. Then Acts 13.1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, who had brought up, brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Barnabas is first, Saul is last. Barnabas at the top of the list, Saul at the bottom. 
They're praying, these men. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. And so Barnabas and, went, and Saul went out in the first missionary journey, that apostolic mission, to preach the gospel and begin to break open the Gentile world to the gospel, begin to break open Asia and Europe to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul. But something happened as they went out. Barnabas began to recognize very quick, quickly. They were on that first journey, and Barnabas recognized there is a mantle on this man Saul, now called Paul the Apostle. That's a greater measure than I carry in myself. I'm going to put him ahead of me. He can be the leader of the ministry team. He can be the chief speaker. He can be the one who carries the team, Paul and company. Barnabas, in the prime of his life, it's not easy for a man to esteem another highly, more highly than himself. It's not easy for a man to put another ahead of himself in his ministry, but that's the kind of spirit Barnabas had. The Bible says, Look not every man only on his own thing, but look every man also on the things of others. And esteem, doesn't it say esteem others? better than yourselves? And so in the same chapter 13, as they're going out, it's Barnabas and Saul. It's Barnabas and Paul. And all of a sudden, Acts 13, 46, it switches. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. And from then on, it's Paul and Barnabas. If we want to be a Barnabas, we have to have that kind of spirit that exalts other people sets them before our, ourself, esteems their ministry and their work even of greater worth than our own, to put others ahead of ourselves and to put ourselves back. Why don't you become a Barnabas? An edifier, an encourager, people who, one who seeks people out to bless them, to lift them up, put others ahead of yourself that they could be more blessed than you are, willing to console and comfort and refresh this is a ministry that God calls each one of us to, to have that Barnabas spirit. Then we come to Acts 15. We're coming to the close here. Acts 15, 36. So Barnabas, or Paul and Barnabas, came back from that first missionary journey. And they were in Antioch, their home church, for a few months. Then it says, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go and quit back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, young John Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. On that first journey out, they had a young man, John Mark. And he quit in the midst of the, of the ministry, said, I'm going back home. He was tired out. He quit. He was discouraged. Whatever it was, he went back home to Jerusalem. So here on this second journey, Barnabas is determined to take with him John called Mark. Let's give him a second chance, Paul. 
Paul insisted that they should not take John Mark with them. He had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went out through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Wow. The contention was so sharp. There was such a falling out between Paul and Barnabas over young John Mark. Barnabas said, let's take him. I know he quit. He left the team, but let's take him. There's a call of God on his life. Let's, let's help him out. Let's show him some good. Paul wouldn't do it. And even though the contention was so sharp between them and they parted their own ways, you know, the book of Acts was written early A.D. 60s. It seemed that Barnabas, by the time this book was written, that Barnabas had gone on to heaven, to his heavenly reward, home with his Father God, home to Jesus Christ. But Paul was still alive, and he said, Listen, Luke, I want you to write it in the book. It's going to be my eulogy. Put in there that, that, that Barnabas was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. And that's how he honored Barnabas. Barnabas is one of the great men on the pages of the New Testament. He had a heart for others. He had a heart for this young John Mark, this failing minister. This young man who quit and left the team. We don't know if Barnabas did the right thing there because Paul and Silas were the ones who were recommended by the brethren to the grace of God and went out. But there was something in the heart of Barnabas. You can see his spirit. It's so tender. He wants to lift the broken. He wants to help the hurting. He wants to help those who made a mistake and failed. He wants to lift them and edify them. He believes the call of God over their life and the word of the Lord over them. And you know that young John Mark? He redeemed himself. He corrected his ways. Instead of being so vacillating and unsteady and unstable fearful he let god build some strength to him and in time the apostle peter said i'm taking that john mark with me and john mark traveled with the apostle peter and he wrote the second gospel the gospel of mark and paul at the end of his days toward the end of his ministry paul restored john mark and saw the grace of god that was upon him second timothy 4 11 the Apostle Paul says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, why don't you become a Barnabas? One who edifies. Worship team, come, please. One who builds up, comforts, prophesies, blesses. When you have to speak the truth and make a judgment call, you do it in love. Let's ask the Lord, let's ask the Holy Spirit to rest upon us in a fresh way, that all of us could become the encouragers that God wants us to be. If there's anything in our disposition, you might look at yourself and say tonight, you know, I just got that negative in me. I've got that critical spirit in me. Say things that I don't want to say and I retort at times I don't want to. Let's call on the Holy Spirit. He knows how to change people. He knows how to change your name. 
He knows how to put a Barnabas spirit upon every one of us so that we can be a blessing to this generation and live out our lives in the blessing of the work of the Lord. Let's stand together tonight. Why don't you become a Barnabas? Why don't we, as we close out, let's ask the Holy Spirit to rest on us. Let's say, Lord, make me a Barnabas. Give me that spirit of encouragement. Change me, Lord. Help me to pour out blessing and comfort and life and strength and victory for people. My home, my own life, the people of God, wherever you go. And so we praise the Lord for his goodness. Holy Spirit, rest upon us tonight. Amen. Of course, the altars are open. If you'd like prayer for any need, please slip out from where you are and come and seek the Lord. This message is spoken to your heart. and You say, I, I, need, I need some change in me. I've become hard. I've become harsh. Lord, put some fresh oil in me. Soften me, Lord. Set a watch before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Flesh wars against the spirit, doesn't it? Let's not be stingy with our praise for one another. Let's pour it out. Let's pour it out. Your family, your sons and daughters, your wife, your husband, pour it out. And see the blessing of the Lord. Because the foundation of all ministry is the desire and the capacity and the ability to edify, encourage, exhort, and comfort and refresh. God bless you tonight.